day to walk in it. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's see here. Let's see. How about we go to, a, we go to our opening verse. Let's go to the book of Acts once again. Hallelujah. Really? You're going to give me fits today? Yeah. There you go. We'll try that, see how that works. Acts 3, please. And we have, uh, of course, been talking all year long about times of restoration, praise God. The restoration of all things. And tonight I'm going to start in the book of Acts and we're going to finish in the book of Acts. We'll take a, we're going to run over and spend a little bit of time in Isaiah today too, praise God. But let's uh, look at some of our key verses here, our opening verses. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. How many know every time you spend time with God, that's what you get? Times of refreshing, amen. And that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before, verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began, praise God. We're even going to see a little bit of that today, praise God. And so the times of restoration, of course, we've uh, you know, been defining that over the, year, over the year here and spending a lot of time with that. The word restoration, again, means uh, restitution or the returning or making good of things. Uh, to restore, and then a whole bunch of other synonyms here, to renew, to redeem, to replace, recover, return, repair, revive, resurrect, recovery, all words that are synonyms to this word restoration, and really all Bible words. They're just, I mean, all through the Scripture we're finding out uh, God is all about restoring. And we're not just talking about bringing things back to the way maybe you once had it, but bringing it back to the way God designed it or God intended it, praise God. And that's a big difference. Amen. I've used as an illustration. You know, you may uh, want a marriage restored, but you don't want it to just be restored to the way it started because chances are it's going to end up right back where it was. So we want it restored. We want it brought all the way back to the way God intended it, praise God. So there might be a shift or a change that might, that might need to happen, praise God. And you could take that in about any area uh, of life, praise God. And so with that said, uh, today let's, let's go to the book of Luke, Luke 4. Luke 4, and then we'll jump over to Isaiah, I think, maybe. Luke 4, we'll see what happens here. Luke 4. <clears throat> Luke 4. Doing good today? All right. Luke 4, verse uh, 14 says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of Him went out throughout all the surrounding region. And He taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And so He came to Nazareth, where He had been brought up, and as His custom was. In other words, this obviously had been something He'd been doing. All right. As His custom was, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and He stood up to read. Okay, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place. Everybody say, he found the place. place. It's kind of key, all right? He found the place, amen, where it was written, okay? So he had a specific purpose here. He read out of, of Isaiah 61. We'll see that here in a second. 
And he says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, he made this personal because it was personal. It was talking about him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Everybody say anointed me. He has anointed me to do what? Well, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal uh, heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, the book Isaiah, and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And it said that the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All right, so today this scripture is fulfilled. So he he read about himself, what he was called to do. Come on. What he was anointed to do. All right. Now the word uh, anointing, um, if you look it up, it just means to pour on, to smear all over. Uh, The uh, uh, book of Isaiah kind of defines the word anointing. Uh, Put Isaiah uh, 10 and verse 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed. Why? Well, because of the anointing oil. So the anointing, a lot of times you hear us refer to it as this. We define it pretty much, it seems like every service, you know, if we're praying or speaking the word or declaring things or praying over somebody, we're probably going to mention this, that the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. How many have heard us talk that many times, right? So this is where you get it from, Isaiah 10 and 27. Now, how many know that that anointing is also on you? Or we could say within you. Amen. And so with that said, put uh, 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 27. And it says, But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, remains in you, continues in you, right? And you do not need that anyone teach you. Now, in context, he's talking about... Uh, in verse 26, is about those that are trying to deceive, trying to get you to, you know, go another way or think another thought or, or in, all, in all honesty, to not use the anointing. So there was a deception being spoke. So he says that you don't need to be listening to that mess. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So look at this there again. But the anointing which you have received from him. In other words, that anointing that did what he's talking about there in uh, Mark 4, or pardon me, in uh, Luke 4, um, that anointing that was prophesied in Isaiah 61, that anointing, amen, that you received because of what he did, you received burden-removing, yoke-destroying power that somewhere along the line removed a burden, destroyed a yoke. Come on. That same anointing, Okay, which you receive from him also abides in you. So what you have in you is the same burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to be anointed. You know, a lot of times we just, you know, think, well, that one preacher or that one teacher or that one uh, prophet, you know, they're anointed. Well, uh, they're anointed because they act on the gifting, and the exercise it, and thus that anointing manifests itself. It's no different than you and me. I can walk in that same anointing. You can walk in that anointing. 
And uh, there's gifting, there's calling. Uh, granted, there's going to be differences in that. There's different graces for different things. But everybody can walk in burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Everybody that knows Jesus, I better clarify that. Amen. Has an anointing on the inside that if they understand it and know it, they can exercise it and they can see burden-removing, yoke-destroying power every day of their life. Are you still with me? Okay, put uh, John in 14, verse 12 up. I kind of took a little road trip here, but that's all right. Uh, John uh, chapter 14, verse 12, please. Did I give you that one? I didn't give you that, and I'm sorry. Well, there you go. John 14. She got it up? Okay. John 14, verse 12, Jesus talking. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, any believers in the house? Come on, we're just taking a little road trip. Come on, we're going to get to what we got to get to here. But uh, any believers in the house? Anybody believe in Jesus? Okay. All right. So he says, he who believes in me, the works, the acts, the deeds, that means, hallelujah, that I do, well, what did he do? Well, Mark, or pardon me, uh, Luke 4 told a bunch of those things that he did, those things that was prophesied about him doing, and those things that he did do every day during his ministry. And so those works, those deeds, those actions that I do, in other words, the person that believes in me, he will do also. Amen. Why? Because that same anointing's there. Yeah. That same anointing's available. So he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. Because why? Well, because I go to the Father. Then he goes on to talk about, because I'm going to send you the helper, the Holy Spirit, that can help you with this whole thing. Amen. Can help you walk through this thing and do this thing. Amen. So, today I'm going to talk about being anointed to restore. Because you are called, amen, to walk in that anointing. Why? To bring restoration to the lives of those around you. Praise God. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen. So, let's go, back to, let's go back to Luke 4 again. And then, uh, well, let's look at uh, verse uh, 18. Put that, one, that verse back on the board. Okay, so here's Jesus talking again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Well, the word Spirit again, uh, for you know, a lot of times we refer to that, as, it, it literally means the breath of God. So when the Spirit of God's active, what's happening? He's breathing on you. So when the breath of the Lord, the wind or the breath of God, amen, is upon me, why is it because He's anointed me? Well, you can expect the same thing. I said you can expect the same thing. I said, you can expect the same thing. I said, you can expect the same thing. If you will activate that and not be fearful, amen, but walk in this, amen, God will breathe on you just as much, amen, lead you, guide you, direct you, and you too will see burdens removed and yokes of bondage destroyed, praise God. Amen. So, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to what? Here's one of the things, to preach the gospel to the poor. Okay, the word to preach the gospel means to announce good news. That makes sense, right? I mean, oh, you can announce good news. Is there anything hard about that? You can announce good news, all right? And it says to the poor. Okay, the word poor means um, uh, distressed or those without. Okay, so poor would, it would refer to, most time what we would refer to as somebody that's poor. So 
Is there anything too hard about announcing good news to the distressed or those who are without? How many know some good news? What would be good news to a poor person? They don't have to be poor no more. That'd be good news. That God likes to provide and meet your needs, praise God. You don't have to be distressed and you don't have to be without, praise God, right? And so you can be one who announces good news to the poor just like he did. Amen. And so you can walk in the same kind of anointing and get the same results, praise God. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The word uh, he has sent me uh, means to literally be on a mission to make whole. I'm on a mission to make whole. I'm on a mission to make whole. All right? To heal the brokenhearted there. Uh, the brokenhearted means uh, those that have been maybe crushed, shattered, or broken in pieces by something. So to be brokenhearted literally means that something happened in their life that has shattered their life, has somehow or another uh, uh, broke in pieces. They feel like their, their life has been broken to pieces. They feel like they've been crushed. Have you ever met anybody like that? Have you ever been there? Probably all have been there somewhere along the line. But I guarantee you we've all at least been around somebody that, that has been brokenhearted due to something. We're not here to make light of anything, but I tell you what, you've been sent on a mission to make and to bring wholeness into the life of that individual, whoever it is. Amen. Well, you know, I, I, I'm just going to invite them to church. Well, that's good. I mean, we want to invite them to church. Uh, well, you know, I'm just, I'll, I'll pray for them uh, when I get home. No, how about you pray for them right now? Because you're on a mission. And the same anointing that was on the Master, and the same one that said, the same works that I do shall you do, and that same anointing abides on the inside of you, so that same burden-removing, yoke-destroying power is with you, amen, as you go on your mission to make whole those who have been shattered, Sometimes you might be the only one that sees it and knows it. Sometimes you might be the only one they'll receive from. I have found I never, I never really got, you just couldn't get moved by who you thought would receive or who you thought wouldn't receive. Because it always seemed like that the person I thought would never receive were the first ones to just jump on board and grab it. I'm serious. I mean, there are people I thought for sure as soon as I start praying, they're going to mock me or whatever else. And, man, they broke down and, and they just received everything they said. And they were the, sometimes, sometimes the quickest one to come to Christ. So I found that all I have to do is remain a useful vessel for the Master. And so when the opportunity arose, I had to see it as I'm on a mission. To bring wholeness. So when the opportunity arose, I'll pray. I'm not the healer. I'm not the deliverer. I'm not the provider. All I am is a vessel, a carrier of anointing from the deliverer, the healer, come on, the provider. And I'm carrying within me, and you are carrying within you, 
a burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Why? Because it's about restoration. Restoring. So, amen, preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Are, are these not the things that Jesus did? Come on. To proclaim liberty. So um, that just means to herald freedom. To declare, to shout out, to herald freedom. Amen. To who? Well, to the prisoners of war. That's what that word captive means. To herald freedom. It also means to herald out, uh, to speak out or proclaim out, uh, you're pardoned or you're forgiven. Remember when Jesus did that? He said, you're forgiven. Remember, he was a person that was captive, a physical, dealing with a physical infirmity, but what he said to him was, you're forgiven. And he got in trouble because how dare he say they're forgiven? Well, you're called to do the same thing. Sometimes, see, in that particular case, that's all that individual needed to hear. Because through the understanding that they've been released from their sin, their past, or whatever it was, was enough for them then to receive healing in their body and get a breakthrough. What, did, what happened? A burden was removed and a yoke of bondage was destroyed because of the anointing. The same thing happened for you and me. You'd be amazed at how many people who have been taken captive by the enemy have been bound up due to warfare of the enemy. Come on. Things that have happened in their life, the pressure and the onslaught of all uh, the persecution, affliction, whatever it is that, that goes on out there, and whatever that person has been uh, wrapped around and seen their whole life or whatever, you can come on the scene and say, I speak freedom over you. I speak forgiveness over you. I speak a pardoning over you. Amen. I declare liberty. Amen. Over you. Praise God. Hallelujah. To set captives free. Sometimes that's all somebody needs to know. You know, the biggest, one of the biggest things that probably, um, you know, I, of course, go in, you know, just about every week in uh, the, the prison over there at Deer Ridge. And um, we do either, whether our classes on Thursdays or, or sometimes the, the chapel services on Saturdays. And probably, to be honest, that right there, it's probably the most received uh, thing by telling, letting people know you are not your past. You are not your history. You are who Jesus says you are. And right there is enough. You'd be amazed how many men get set free just by that statement. Because they feel that their past has already already dictating the rest of their future. And they're being held captive by the enemy. And the warfare, the mental warfare they go through because of the mistakes they've made in their past. And the thing is, you are not held by your past. Now the enemy will torment you with that. And through mental warfare, will try to keep you 
bound in that and captive to that, but you are not held by your past. You are not your history. You are who Jesus says you are, praise God. You are who God has made you to be, praise God. Amen. You are, praise God, a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. Why? Because that's what he's declared, and that's why he sent Jesus, praise God, to bring restoration in your life, and through that burden-removing, yoke-destroying power has brought deliverance in your life and you're called to carry the same thing praise God look at your neighbor and say you've been set free praise God amen are you still doing okay I'm moving a whole lot slower than I wanted to but anyway the, let's see what's the next one the recovery of sight to the blind okay so restoration of sight is what it means recovery or restoration of sight uh, to the blind, and literally when you look it up, the word blind means physical and mental blindness. So he's talking about also like ignorance and not knowing what you should know. Amen. So there is the recovery of sight to the blind. God, amen, hallelujah, has sent you, amen, to bring restoration, amen, to bring healing to those that need it, praise God. Blindness, praise God. In this case, blindness of, of, of physical, if it's a physical deal, or I guarantee you, praise God, if it's situations they're dealing with, they've been, maybe, maybe they're mentally, maybe they their whole life have been told one thing, and it was wrong. You know, like one guy said, you know, Grandma taught it, and we all bought it. Well, maybe what if grandma was wrong? Now, praise God for grandma. Everybody say, I love my grandma. Love grandma. Well, you know, I better watch it. Maybe somebody doesn't. But anyway, you, you should. You should love your grandma. Amen. Praise God. And, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, but just because, you know, that person, you love that person or you respect that person or you look up to that person, no matter who it is. Amen. What if they, were, what if they just told you what they were told their whole life? I know... That's probably never happened to any of you. But, you know, some people grow up their whole life being told one thing and not even knowing that mentally they're blind. The whole time Jesus comes in on the, can come in on the scene, praise God, and remove that, take care of that, fix that, turn that thing around. But their whole life they think they're stuck with that and that's what they're held to. But you're anointed to bring recovery of sight to the blind. I said you're anointed to bring recovery of sight to the blind. All right, let's try another one, see if this one will work for you. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Okay, to set at liberty just means literally to release those who are oppressed. And uh, the word oppressed there, um, it refers to uh, those who are demonically controlled or held under bondage in some way or shape or form. So it kind of, that's kind of, you know, kind of what it's speaking. So set at liberty those who are oppressed. So you're called to release those who are oppressed. Jesus was able to release those who are oppressed. Why? Because he was anointed, because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Amen. The same Spirit, amen, that was with Jesus, that same Spirit that's on the inside of you, the same anointing that he walked in, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power, is the same anointing that's on the inside of you. Amen. And you are called, amen, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Don't just walk away from it. Yes. Don't turn your back on it. Don't ignore it. Are you still with me? Yeah. You're a restorer, amen, of those, praise God, who have been oppressed. 
Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Amen. Hallelujah. The next verse, verse 19, says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus was anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now the word acceptable uh, means uh, that which has been approved or favorable or accepted. Uh, literally refers to it's proclaiming His will. Everywhere you go, you're proclaiming His will. That's what it's referring to. All right? You're proclaiming, amen, the will of God concerning what's, what should go on and what should happen, praise God. Proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord. Some translations say proclaiming the favorable or the favor of God everywhere you go. Amen. That's good too. Amen. Uh, but that's what you're called to do. You're called to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I'm claiming that, you know, if anything, this year is a year of transformation, a year, praise God, of restoration, praise God. And man, let's just keep proclaiming it. And if it carries on into 2018 and 2019 and 2020, so be it. We'll claim it. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? All right, so let's turn to Isaiah now. I said we'd get there, so let's get there. Isaiah 61, let's read it out of there. Same, same thing. This is what Jesus read when He read it. Amen. And how many know it's what He walked in? Isaiah 61. Still doing okay? <clears throat> Isaiah 61. Let's just see how it's read out of here. We might read a little bit more out of this too. Verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He has anointed me. Does anybody know much about Isaiah? I mean, there's a, you know, Isaiah the prophet. He's, you know, it's, it's really just a whole bunch of prophecy going on in here. And uh, there's 66 books in uh, the book of Isaiah. 66 chapters, I mean, in the book of Isaiah, which really uh, parallels with the 66 books of the Bible um, in, in some ways. The first... Uh, what is it, the first 39 books of the Bible, just like there's 39 books, uh, pardon me, 39 books of the Old Covenant, amen, the first 39 chapters of Isaiah kind of deal with man's fallen state and dealing with that and all that kind of thing. And then from verse 40 or chapter 40 on, which is the last, whatever it is, 27 chapters, uh, deal with a message of hope and the prophecy of the Messiah coming, and everything, and all He's called to do. So, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of cool. A little tidbit, you know. But, so we're going to, we, we kind of hang out in the, the message of hope side. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because we're New Covenant believers. Amen. And, uh, you know, we, we follow the Messiah. Come on, somebody. And uh, so anyway, just saying, you know, not saying you can't read the rest of it, but I'm just saying that's kind of, you know, you'll notice a lot of times that's where we hang out. Praise the Lord. Verse uh, 1 again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me, uh, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings, is how it's worded here, to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, the word vengeance is, means to avenge. Okay? So the day, so in other words, talking about, talking about God avenging you, all right? It's not vengeance on you. It's more about, if it's anything, it's vengeance on your enemy. Come on, somebody. 
But he, that's what he's talking about here. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Just, I think it just adds a little bit more here. To comfort all who mourn. How I many know some people mourn? But they shouldn't stay in the morning. But some people mourn. So what do we do? Well, we point our finger at them and say, stop mourning. There might be a time for that. I had a close one today on that. But it means to comfort. Come on, somebody. We comfort those who mourn. Okay, what else? It says to console those who mourn in Zion. So uh, we console them. We comfort them. We console them. Amen. We try to bring. Why? What are we doing? We're restoring them, right? To give, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that why? That they may be called trees of righteousness, why they can stand up firm in who they are, not be taken under by that mess. Come on, somebody. You know, a lot of times with, uh, you know, the spirit of grief and mourning and stuff, uh, not that this is my message, but, but the bottom line is you don't watch it. You know, a lot of st stuff happens, you know, and it brings sorrow and it tears people up. And that's kind of that brokenhearted thing. People feel shattered by something. And if you don't watch it pretty soon, you know, that spirit of grief can overtake somebody. And literally, they come under that thing, and it begins to dictate their life. And we're not making light of anybody's situation, but nobody is called to live under a spirit of grief. And nobody's called to spend their whole life mourning. And again... Maybe something happened and there's a time of, uh, you know, getting through some, some situations or something that happened, something terrible happened. And, you know, drawing on, on the comfort of the Spirit of God, drawing on courage, drawing whatever it takes, praise God, to rise above mourning, to rise above grief. Come on, somebody. To rise above sorrow. You're not called to live under that mess. Amen. You're called to rise up as a tree of righteousness. Amen. The planting of the Lord that He may be glorified, praise God. God wants you free from that thing. Amen. So I just thought that's worthy of reading that. Amen. So let's go uh, now. Let's shift to uh, Isaiah. Uh, let's see here. I think it's 49. Isaiah 49. Let's go there. Isaiah 49. Are you still with me? And again, don't get mad at me. I touched on your little thing there. huh? But, you know, we, we, we're supposed to be walking free, right? And let's face it, okay, if, if, if you don't get free, if you don't receive the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power in your life to walk free from this mess, how are you going to turn around and do that for somebody else? If you're too busy being held under and held captive by the enemy in something, come on, somebody. So first off, let's be a receiver of that. And secondly, let's understand, praise God, it's about God is using you. Yeah. Amen. As a, a useful vessel right. filled, hallelujah, with the anointing, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power to bring change, to bring transformation, to bring restoration of all things to planet Earth, praise God. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, anyway. This stuff excites me. Okay, Isaiah 49. Let's go to, uh, did I say like verse 5 or something that I give you? No, verse 6. Verse 6, okay. Now, what's going on here? Um, this here is really a prophecy about the coming Messiah, okay? About the one coming, the light uh, uh, to the Gentile, all right? So we know who he's talking about, talking about Jesus. 
And uh, verse 6, I'm kind of coming in the middle of this just for sake of time here. Uh, Indeed, he says, uh, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant. Talking about Jesus here. Now, in other words, it's a light thing or uh, it's an easy thing. He said, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore, everybody say restore. Restore Restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. Now, keep in mind, now he's talking about him as a light, but you have to remember, he also talks about you being the light. So keep that all in mind. Remember, this whole thing is really about the fact that you've been anointed to also be one to bring restoration. You're the light. You're the salt. You're the witness. You're the one that brings and provides evidence of. Come on, somebody. You're the example. You're the difference maker. You're the climate controller, the atmosphere adjuster. You're the suburb swear, the community changer. You are it. Look at your neighbor and say, I guess that'd be you. Amen. See, everybody wants to just say, well, I hope somebody else handles that. You know, that's, that's the preacher's job, I guess. Well, the preacher needs to do his job too, but we're all got a part to play in this. You can carry the anointing just like I carry the anointing. All right. We believe. Amen. Okay, so uh, I also will give you, now this is, the, uh, father, this is a prophecy talking about uh, the, the Messiah. I will give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. All right? All right. So um, I was thinking, you know, John 1, Luke 2, these are just places that the Scripture confirms that he was called as a light to the world, a light to the Gentile. All right? To all people, praise God. Thus says the Lord, verse 7, please. Uh, I mean, 49, 7. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to Him, talking about Jesus, to Him whom man despises. Did, they, did that not happen? To Him whom the nation, abhor, the, the nation abhors. He had, he had problems with people sometimes. Some, not everybody liked Him. That's sad, wasn't it? Not all the nations liked Him. Uh, to the servant of rulers... Kings shall see and arise, Uh, princes uh, also shall worship because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and He has chosen you in an acceptable time. In other words, according, most of the time that word there is defined as according to His own will. All right? So, in an acceptable time, or according to His will, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you, I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people. So we know he's talking about the Messiah here. Why? Why? Well, to restore the earth. You've been given for a purpose. And so he came, did what he was called to do, turned around and said, now here I pass the baton, now you go and help restore the earth. Bring restoration. Now restoring the earth doesn't, you know, doesn't mean you go out and hug trees. He's talking about all that goes on in planet Earth. And he's dealing with mankind as a whole. Come on, somebody. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay? Because it ain't just about, you know, restoring your environment. He's talking about. Although there's probably some, probably some things you should learn there too, I suppose. But we're talking more about mankind, amen, 
bringing redemption to planet earth, praise God, where all men will know Jesus, all men can walk, praise God, in the freedom and the liberty, walk free from captivity, praise God, walk free from the curse, walk free uh, from the burdens, walk free from the yokes of bondage, amen. Why did He pass the baton to you? Because that same anointing now resides on the inside of you, the same spirit that He walked in is the one He sent, the helper, to lead you, guide you, direct you, to breathe into you on a day daily basis. Why? So everywhere you go, burdens are removed, yokes of bondage are destroyed. Amen. Think how fast this would happen if everybody just get a hold of that. Right. We'd get out of here pretty quick. But not everybody grabs hold of that. Come on now. Everybody else thinks it's everybody else's job. Well, it's our job. All right. To restore the earth, to cause them to cause them, all these people on the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. Okay, it's just talking about inheritance. And that word desolate actually means uh, that which is stunning or amazing or astonishing. I don't, so I don't know where, why they use the word desolate, but, uh, but when you look it up, that's what it's referring to. So it's talking about there's all kinds of things out there that you're called to walk in and walk in. You know, there's an inheritance for you. Amen? And there's an inheritance for every person. We're not just talking about someday when grandpa passes. Is anybody hearing me? There's an inheritance. Amen. Why? Because you're of the family and the household of faith. Come on, somebody. And God is looking to see to it, praise God, that all that is yours, every portion, or this word uh, lot, where we get our word lot in life, amen, your lot is out there to be distributed to you, so you walk in it, fulfill it. Why? Because it's part of what helps you remove burdens and destroy yokes of bondage. Can I hear a big amen? So we have to receive this, amen. So he's there, why? To cause them to inherit, amen. Not only to restore the earth, but to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages, amen, their inheritance, that you may say to the prisoner, go forth. Huh? What's that mean? Well, deliverance. Really, it's about redemption. You've been held captive no more. You're free. Amen. Uh, To those who are in darkness, show yourself. In other words, you don't have to be in the dark no more. Amen. Talking about, praise God, liberating people. Praise God. Amen. So this is what Jesus, this is all what Jesus was called to do and anointed to do. And keep in mind, the same anointing, the same spirit, the same God leading is all what you have. Amen. The very same thing Jesus said, the works, the actions, the deeds that I did shall you do also. Praise God. And greater works than these shall you do. And remember, it's contingent on this. Those who believe in me, he said. Is there anybody in here who believes in him? Then that same thing's available to you. Think about this for just, you know, somebody said, well, I just don't, I just, you know, I just, what if they, what if they don't receive it? Or what if, listen, stop thinking of you as, as you're, all you are is a a vessel. You're a conduit. It's really just something flowing through you. You're like a garden hose. You know, that's all you are. You go there, you just do what he says. You pray, you lay hands on people, you speak right things, you speak and declare good things. You know? Yeah, unkinked hose. Amen to that. Yeah. You ever had a kinked hose? You know, these old cruddy hoses, well, they weren't, I guess, cruddy in the beginning, but of course, they get out there in the sun after a while, they get all 
brittle and next thing you know you're fighting this stupid thing and if you don't watch it this stupid inanimate object has just got your joy <laughs> just, yes keep the living water flowing brother amen to that amen but you know we're just conduits so you know the thing is all god's asking is you know pray for people encourage people love on people amen Amen. Sometimes you don't even know what's all going on. That's, that's why it just says to be merciful, be, uh, you know, carry, uh, you know, just be you know, somebody that just, you know, is looking out for the better of others. Praise God. Amen. That's why you don't get judgmental and critical because it could be the very, uh, that very anointing on the inside of you being led by the breath of God, amen, that could bring change, that could set that person. If there's captivity there, if there's bondage there, uh, the curse is in, act, in, act, in activation in their life or whatever, uh, you know, if that's what's going on, it could be through you there's freedom and liberty. You know, if you stop and you think about it, this is, why, this is one of the reasons why you forgive You don't get offended. It'll mess, that, it'll mess it up. You get a kink in your hose. You know, because you're, a, you're, about a, you're a carrier of, of burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. I mean, I, you know, I know it's a rabbit trail, but, you know, sometimes we do that. Um, you know, is it really worth being offended for, to, to lose an anointing? To kink the hose so you can't, you, you, you can't bring, uh, you know, restoration in the lives of somebody because you're too busy thinking you have to be offended or hurt. It isn't worth it. Or to be, you know, to hold odd against somebody. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I think about, you know, uh, years ago, uh, learned it pretty, pretty early on about why you don't, you know, carry odd in your life. And mo- it was for healing in my own body. And, you know, and... I'm sitting here before God trying to figure out. I'm making my declarations. I'm taking the Word of God. I'm, I'm declaring it. I'm speaking it. And I've seen results before. And the Spirit of God just plainly said, you have ought in your heart. You have unforgiveness in your heart. A kink in the hose. And listen, you say, well, well, Pastor, I just, what, what does that have to do with, think about this. You know, when, when you're in a place where you can't even receive yourself, it's hard to turn around and say, I'm going to do that for, it just does because that enemy messes with your head. I'm not saying you can't do that, I just, but I'm telling you, the enemy messes with your head. And so you, here comes the condemnation, the shame, the guilt, or whatever. And so the Spirit of God says you have, you have ought in your heart. And I, of course, I had a conversation with about it and through a, process of elimination all of a sudden he mentions a name and i realized yeah i do have it and uh, through a little 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 you know couple minutes there of conversation with the lord about it i won't go into all that but but by doing that i realized the importance of releasing it and as soon as i released it i listen instantaneous instantaneous the hose is flowing instantaneous i received healing in my body instantaneous wasn't a day later, wasn't an hour later, instantaneous. So, you know, think about this in just helping others. You know, that's why it, it, doesn't, it doesn't pay to carry, you know, fence and stuff. It just release that mess and let's move on. And let's go out and bring change in the lives of somebody else. Amen? Are you still with me or are you offended? All right, praise God.
Where are we at? Okay, so verse, let's see, we're at uh, uh, verse, actually verse 9, that you say to the prisoner, go forth, uh, to those who are in darkness, show yourself. In other words, come free, come out of the dark, praise God. Remember, this, this is all things that Jesus did. These are all things we're called to do. And they shall feed along the roads, and their pastures shall be on all uh, uh, desolate heights. And that was just talking about bringing provision. That's what I mean, you define it out. It's talking about things being provided, think provision coming, praise God. And so these are all things that Jesus walked in, come on, these are things prophesied, things that He walked in, things that you also walk in. Okay, let's, let's move along here. Let's, we'll kind of forsake the time. Let's go to chapter um, uh, 58. Is that right? Chapter 58. Are you still with me? Do you know you're mentioned in the book? Come on. Not only is Jesus prophesied in here, there's prophecies about you too in here. Okay, so uh, let's see. There's a lot... Uh, Maybe just for, let's see if I can kind of, you know, uh, let's see, all the way through there, from basically from where we just read up to this point, we see uh, things talked about restoring of Zion, which is another, uh, another, really it's just a prophecy of the church itself, the redeeming of Jerusalem's in, listed in there, uh, the revealing of the covenant of peace was in like 54, 55 in there, talking about the abundant life that Jesus referred to as the abundant life, was all prophesied. Hello. Uh, the saving of the Gentiles, the healing of the backslider. And then we get into verse uh, chapter 58, and it's talking about fasting. Okay? And so, but it's talking about you and me walking, come on, without hindrance in who we are in God, now, the word fast, um, are you okay with all this? I'm little tidbits, but we're just going to throw these out here. Uh, the word fast means to cover the mouth. That's why most of the time when we talk about fasting, it's usually dealing with food, but it actually means to, to starve the flesh, okay, to not feed the flesh. So that's why, you know, you can fast television or something or, you know, whatever, or, uh, you know, because I'm not going to feed the flesh. Come on. But... Man, okay, uh, according to the, the, the prophet, you know, they have an idea what fasting was. And at the beginning of this chapter, he goes through and he starts talking about fastings about, you know, sackcloth and ashes and, you know, making yourself, you know, look horrible and feel horrible and, you know, you know falling on the ground and, and you know, being, a, being a, a, a worm crawling on the ground kind of mentality. And God said, that's not what I intended fasting to be about. Okay, so hang on with that. So verse 5, is it a fast that I have chosen? He's talking about this thing. He's talking about all this stuff that happens. They think this is what it's all about. He says, is that really a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is that really what it's all about? Am I, am I looking to just try to afflict your soul? Is it to bow down his head like a, a bulrush? Am I just trying to get you to uh, somehow fall down and bow down? To, is that really what I'm trying to do? He's trying, he's trying to ask him. He said, do you really think that's what the fast is really all about? And to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast? Would you call this an acceptable day to the Lord? Or would you, in other words, would you call that the day that's according to his will? Is this not the fast that I've chosen? This is what the fast is all about. To bring you in 
to a place, a positioning you, why? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your ha- or, or that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover them and not hide yourself uh, from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your light. So he's saying, listen, the whole idea about fasting is to get your flesh under. Why? So that you become more effective as a burden-removing, yoke-destroying Vessel for the king. Because it's all about restoring. It's about bringing restoration in your house, your family, and your church. About bringing restoration in those around you. Amen. Why do I want to, why do I want to, you know, walk clean and whole? Why? Because I, I don't want nothing to mess that up. Why do I want to live right? Because I don't want that nothing to mess that up. I want to be a burden-removing, yoke-destroying vessel for the king, a useful vessel bringing wholeness everywhere we go, bringing restoration everywhere we go. Come on. He's not just looking for you to say, okay, I didn't eat for three days there. Right? So, you know, use it like a diet. Now, if God tells you, yeah, you need a diet, I, I try to look all around because everybody looks at me. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> the point is, you know, really when you look at the whole thing, what is it about? It's about changing yourself to be effective, to be a difference maker. Amen. Amen. Jesus walked in it, let God breathe him every day, everywhere he went, praise God, restored, 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 praise God. He wraps up his ministry, he passes on the baton, he says, now you go out, restore, 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 restore. Are you still hearing me? All right, all right. All right, what verse are we on here? Verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Everybody say, look at your neighbor and say, your light. He's not, no longer talking about the light. He's talking about now your light, because you're also a carrier of light. Uh, Then your light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing uh, shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord uh, shall be your rear guard. Praise God. Then you shall call. Remember, he's talking about this is the fast that I've intended. This is what I intended to come out of this. Do you remember the, the... the Pharisees and Sadducees, they, you know, they're standing on the corner and wailing, uh, you know, and the word was talking about how they were trying to impress everybody by their fasts and their praying and their, you know, the words they say. All, all they were concerned about was everybody was looking at them like, you know, oh, isn't that impressive? That wasn't what he was looking for. He cared less how impressed you were, you know, as far as with other people. His thought was, you know, let's bring change. So Jesus comes on the scene. He does it a whole different way. Well, what are you doing eating with that person? Because they need restored. Well, what are you doing standing around that person? Because they need restored. Well, what are you doing praying for that person? Because they need restored. How about why are you praying for them at the Sabbath? Because they need restored. You let it be known. Isn't this person of more value than your horse at home? Well, if your horse or your donkey or whatever would fall in a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you go in there and get it? 
And isn't this person of more value? See, he comes on the scene and he disrupts all their... Yeah, he wasn't worried about all this stuff and who was liking him and who wasn't liking him and who agreed and who didn't agree. I don't know if you know this, but, you know, he had 12 boys. That even when it came right down to the end, they all ran. You think, and this man changed the world, but yet when you look at some things in the natural, you think there was nobody by his side. Even one group at one time, they had, was it 70 of them or was it, yeah, was it 70 of them? And, you know, he's teaching and talking about, you know, the, you know, of the, of the elements, he was talking about himself, you know, the blood and the, and the body uh, being broken. And he's talking, you know, he's, and, and they just couldn't get it. They were just kind of weirded out by some of the things he was saying. And they were like, man, who could, dude, stop it. And the word said they all started leaving. We're talking about the Messiah. The point I'm trying to make is this. You can't worry about who's with you and who ain't. Who is going to agree with you and who won't. What are you called to do? Well, bring restoration. Called to pray for them. Called to speak life over them. Well, it's not, it's not the, you know, the politically correct. Who cares? It's not what everybody likes. Who cares? You bring restoration into a life of another individual, they're going to be pretty grateful. <laughs> I think sometimes that's probably why that's all that was around him was, you know, all the ones that had a past. Why? Because they were set free. Their life was restored. I'm just, you know, am I too, too, too serious? You're all kind of looking at me like I'm being way too serious or something here. But, I, I, you know, my thought is it's just that, you know, we're burden-removing, yoke-destroying, uh, you know, vessels. Everywhere we go, we carry that. And we have to recognize that we carry that and be okay with that. And don't shut it down and don't kink the hose and, and you know. And, and, you know, I think the more you exercise, you know, when I first started, you know, early on, um, uh, without getting into all the names and all that stuff, but um, uh, early on, uh, you know, with some seasoned uh, ministers, and uh, they... Uh, encourage me, okay, we're going to go pray for the sick. And okay, great, you're going to come along. We're gonna, I'm going to introduce you to some folks, and this is what you're going to do. And they would give me, uh, uh, well, this individual was a, a, an elderly lady that uh, she gave me a mission. And uh, she said, okay, uh, this elderly gentleman is your mission. All right, and so when she, you know, she was just, when she spoke, we listened. She said, this is your mission. You will come here every day after work and you will pray for this man. And this man at the time was sitting at home, withering and dying. They sent him home from a, a mental institution because he was dying and they didn't want him dying in their building. So they sent him back to his home, put him in his chair for him to just wither to nothing and die. And she said, this is your assignment. Thanks. She said, all you have to do is come here after work every day, lay your hands on him, pray for him. 
Keep doing it. Yes, ma'am. I'll do that. All right. So that's what I did every day. And, there, you know, there were other times I prayed for people and they didn't all get up. They didn't all make it. And I thought, <sighs> right? What do you do? You got to keep stirring. You got to keep doing it because if you're moved by that stuff, then here you are, a carrier of that which is good to bring restoration to mankind. And you're going to shut it down because something didn't quite happen like you thought it should. Maybe there's a reason and you just don't know it yet. So you just keep doing. Is anybody with me? Okay, so I kept doing it. And little by little, come in, I'd encourage the man, keep speaking over the man. I'd find out, what is it you want to do someday? He told me, he says, one day I want to get in my car again and drive down to the post office. That's what he wanted. Well, it was more like, one day I want to get in my car and I want to drive myself to get the mail from the post office. All right, we got something to go with. Hallelujah. Okay, one day you, sir, are going to drive your car downtown to the post office to get your mail. Okay. All right. So we pray every day. Come in. How you doing there, buddy? I'm dying. No, you're not. You're going to live and not die. Come on. Have you been moving around today? Oh, can't do much. But you're going to move, praise God. Those legs are going to work. Amen. Hallelujah. Every day I had another thing, but it was my assignment. Amen. And so every day, what are you doing? You just exercise it. You exercise it. And you exercise it. And one day that man stood up. And it wasn't too long after that, that man was able to hop back in his car and drive to town. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That the man they sent home to die. So I got another assignment. This man was laying on his deathbed in his, uh, one of his bedrooms in his house. And the family, basically, were all, were all believers. At least I thought they were. That was my, one of my assignments. So again, I was introduced, and they said, you come in here every day, same lady. You come in here every day, you pray for him. They were all like, amen. Everybody was like, ooh, yay. Every day. So that's what we did every day. So I'd go there, and pretty soon, you know, I found out the same thing. I did the same thing with him because I found that it works. I said, what is it you want to be able to do? So he said, look out the window. So I look out the window. And this is driveway right there. He said, bass boat. Fishing. I want to get back in my boat. I want to fish. All right. Praise the Lord. You see that boat? Every day you're going to look at it and say, one day I'm going to get back in that boat and I'm going to fish. Okay? Okay. Woo! Everybody gets excited. So I'm praying. Amen. Went in there a few days. The next thing you know, he's getting up. He's walking. He hadn't walked in months. But the problem was, nobody in the house wanted him to walk for some reason. So, they had to sit down with me. Not everybody agrees with you. Not everybody's going to agree. Not everybody's going to be on your side. Even people that proclaim the same thing, they say they believe in Jesus like you believe in Jesus. Not everybody believes the same. Come on, somebody. 
but you still got to do what you got to do. So they all sat down. They put in a little circle around me. I was sitting on the couch, and they all put their chairs around me in a half circle, and they're going to give me a talking to. Because you young whippersnapper coming in here, <laughs> did, you know that, did you know that Grandpa was walking last night? He was out of his bed walking? I said, Hallelujah! They weren't so enthused. Not everybody agrees, but you still exercise it. And they didn't agree with it, and they thought, well, because we don't want him to get hurt. He's dying in a bed. Let the man walk. Well, anyway, they didn't agree with me. So the next day I came back. They wouldn't even let me in the house. They looked at me through the door. Somebody said, well, what did you do? I didn't go in the house. Somebody says, well, that ain't right. No, probably not. But not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to jump on board. Not everybody's going to say, yeehaw. But what do you do? You keep on doing. Keep on going. You keep on praying. Amen. I have no idea how it all ended, but I can imagine. Come on, somebody. The point being is this. You keep doing. Why? Because you're called of God. You bring, you carry an anointing on the inside that removes burdens and destroys yokes. And you keep doing. And I guarantee you, amen. Not everybody received from Jesus. Not everybody accepted. Do you know there are even people he walked right by because they weren't a place to receive it. The point is, that doesn't stop you. Well, I don't want to pray for me anymore. I ain't going no more. I don't do no more because nobody lets me pray for him. And I ain't going to do it anymore. I prayed for that guy and he died. So I ain't praying anymore. But there's probably more to the story than what you know. You don't have a clue in some things. Am I right? So what do you, you're still called as a vessel of God. So unkink your hose. Get moving again. Come on, somebody. Get out there and keep doing it. Bring restoration. Well, you know, what if I get embarrassed? Who hasn't been? What if I say something wrong? Who hasn't done that? But do you think not doing or not praying or not believing, you think that's right? That ain't right. I'd rather be, I'd rather get out there, do something, pray something, declare something, speak something, help somebody. At least somebody in the room will walk or move or be healed or be delivered or walk free from captivity, whatever. Well, that's your calling. No, that's all of our calling. We're all carriers of the anointing. Oh, I was going to, let's see, what else was I going to read? I just, man, man, man. Let's speed read and get down here to, let's see, let's get over here to, well, verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in, in drought, strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden uh, and like a spring of water uh, whose water, uh, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Here we go. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. All of us talking about restoration here. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. 
I love this. It's talking about the restoration of Zion, bring, uh, the, the, the raising up of the foundations of many. In other words, no matter what has happened in generations past, I believe this is an acceptable day, acceptable year, amen, that regardless of what has happened yesterday, hallelujah, we can carry an anointing, bring change, hallelujah, restore, drive back darkness, drive back captivity, regardless of what has happened in days gone. Is anybody else with me? Okay, well, anyway, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach. In other words, you're the one called to stand in the gaps. The restorer of the streets to dwell in. And it's all capitalized. And so some think, well, that's talking about Jesus. No, it ain't. It's talking about you. It's given you a title. You've been given a title. Here's your title. Repairer of the breach. Restorer of streets to dwell in. That's who you are. You're a carrier of that which brings restoration everywhere you go. Okay, repairer, okay, means uh, to, to wall in, close up, to fence in, to hedge, to even be a mason. So in other words, here, here, here's what it means, to make up, to make up what? To make up the difference. The word breach speaks of a gap or a break or something that's been breaking forth or trying to break in. In other words, people are being held back based on some kind of a gap or some kind of a break in it. Something happened here. It could have been something in their life, something in the lives of people around them. Maybe somebody said something, maybe due to blindness or ignorance or whatever. There's a gap here. What are you called to do? Whatever it takes to, br to bridge that gap. Whatever it takes. If i got to be a mason, I'll be a mason. If i got to build a hedge, I'll clip a hedge, plant a hedge, I can do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. If i got to build a fence, I'll build a fence. What kind you want? I want a cedar fence. All right, praise God, we'll build a cedar fence. What are you doing? Bridging the gap. What is it going to take for this person? Is it going to take just words? Is it, going to take, is it going to take a declaration of faith? Is it going to take a scripture? Is it going to take you laying hands on them? Is it going to take you making professions of faith? Is it going to take agreement? What is it going to take? It doesn't matter. It's a gap. Let's bridge it. So they receive. That's your name. Repair of the breach. The restore of streets are you still with me? Yes. Restore, one that turns things back again, to take back again, to turn back again. What? Streets of those to dwell in. Streets, paths, pathways, tracks, roads, roadways, but it means a traveler's way. To dwell in, remain, continue, to abide in, to inhabit, or habitation. Now the point being is this, okay. There's roadways. People are, this is the way we're called to be. This is what we're called, we're called to live. This is how we're supposed to conduct life. And this, this person can't conduct life because of whatever. So you're called to come in here and repair the way. So they can conduct life like they should. So they can live this life like they're called. So the way that they travel down in life, amen, can work for them, praise God. Some people's lives are so altered based on demonic influence, on a demonic attack, a demonic uh, uh, captivity. And so they've altered their whole life because of demonic activity that has dictated their life. And you are called to say, hey, let's repair this road here.
for you to live. You can see there is a better way for you to live. You don't have to be held by this anymore. You don't have to be dictated to by this demonic attack or influence any longer. You're called to be one that brings restoration in the lives of people so that once again, the roadway, their pathway, hallelujah, the traveler's way, praise God, how they go down road can be restored so they can live a normal life in Jesus, praise God, walking in who they are, being who they're called to be. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. That's what you're called to do. One last verse and you're going home. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Book of Acts. I told you we'd start there and finish there. So let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 26. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Amen. And I'll skip some of the verses here because it's just talking, it's Paul talking to the king Agrippa uh, about his conversion, what happened to him, and what the Lord said to him. The bright light shone on him on the road to Damascus. Remember that? And there was a, a massive conversion in his life. The same thing happened with you and me. We're on our road to Damascus. A light shone, changed our life. But now we're called to be that light. That same anointing that changed our life is now we're a carrier of that same kind of anointing that can bring the change into the life of someone else. And this is what he declared over Paul. And this, to me, this is what we're all called to do. But here it is, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That was verse 18. To open their eyes. What are you called to do? Well, when, when you, you, you're a carrier of something good, you're, you're there to help open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to the light. What else are you? Well, to, from the power of Satan to God. Come on, right? To, that they can receive forgiveness. Some people are all held up because they, they can't receive forgiveness. Well, you're called to say you can receive forgiveness. You don't have to be held by that anymore. Amen? Uh, for, forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. That, remember, same thing, that you can receive an inheritance. Man, you, there's so much for you that God has. You don't have to miss out on anything. Well, that's for somebody else. No, it's all for you too. He came for the whole world. He came for everybody. For God so loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's for everybody. Amen? Amen. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Amen. Well, kind of sped through a bunch of that toward the end there, but praise God. Amen. It's, uh, um, I think the more that you... The more that you exercise it, the more you see it. Be somebody quick to pray for folks. Be quick to declare the Word of God to somebody. Be quick to, uh, to encourage somebody. Be quick, amen, to help somebody. I'd rather be guilty of, of too much mercy than not enough. I'd rather be guilty of too much given than not enough. I'd rather be guilty of, of too much uh, compassion then not enough any day, okay? And granted, you know, it works better when you're hearing God as you're going along the way, following God and all of that, amen, it works much better. But the point being is, don't be afraid to speak and declare uh, the works of the Lord and pray over people and, 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 and anoint them and, and, and speak life over them, amen? You might be amazed at what happens, how many signs and wonders and miracles that have happened that transformed a whole family because 
God showed up on the scene, did something. And, and you could be the one that said, you know, all you did was just walk in and said, you know what, I'm here, we're going to pray, we're going to believe God. And that's all you did, and you prayed, and all of a sudden something started happening, and next thing you know, man, you got, you got a revival going on in the house. Amen. And you can't be fearful about who ain't receiving or who ain't getting it or who believes in it or who's with you or who ain't with you. You just can't let none of that stuff dictate. Amen. On the inside of you is burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. You're a carrier of it. Amen. So let's walk with it. Amen. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor. We thank you for this. We thank you, Lord God, that everywhere we go, praise God. Hallelujah. We're useful vessels. Praise God. Leading us, guiding us, directing us. Praise God. That when we declare your words and when we pray, hallelujah, when we, hallelujah, stand in agreement with others, praise God, Lord, burdens truly are removed and yokes of bondage are truly uh, removed and diminished to nothing, praise God. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Turn to somebody. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.